This is episode 43 of the Thunder Underground podcast. I'm Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. Hey, hey, what's going on? Not much other than the fact that this is the first time we're talking to you since the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Oh, oh yeah. Congratulations. Yes. How does it feel? It feels amazing. Okay. Well, um, good. Good. I'm been, happy for you. It's been 17 long years. Yeah. I know in that time you felt the joy twice when your team won the Super yes, Bowl. Yes, I have. I have. The Giants, for those of you that don't know Jason personally. That's right. They're my team. And now Trent's team has won, so he he is going through that, and it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time in my... Well, I guess I was an adult last time they won. I was like, what? Yeah, close like enough. 20... What was I? 23? No. I don't know. I can't even add right now. 21. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't a real adult. But anyway, here we are now. The Broncos are back on top. Which is a great thing. And I know this has nothing to do with hard rock or heavy metal, but it could segue into something that does. Well, then I'm always I'm always about segues, so let's hear Which it. is Coldplay. Oh, my God. No. Actually, what we're here to talk about is <sighs> the night before the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. You know, for those of you that pay attention to rock and metal and sports and all this, you know, there was... All this talk and people had that big petition and all this shit saying that Metallica should play the Super Bowl because it was in their hometown. Yeah. You know, and it made sense, you know, and there's never been a truly heavy band on the Super Bowl that I can think of. I mean, there's been rock, but it's like, you know, you're comfortable rock to people like Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty yeah. and you too. Comfortable rock. I yeah. like that term. <laughs> You've coined a new phrase, yeah. Trent. But, of course, you know, you knew they weren't going to have Metallica on there. No, no. And so Metallica set up a thing where they played San Francisco Giants, whatever it's called, AT&T Field? AT&T Park. Park. And they, you know, they just put on their a normal concert the night before, and they broadcast it, streamed it, where everybody could watch it on YouTube, which was brilliant. I mean, a lot of people do that nowadays, but this was good for Metallica because it was a build-up where everybody was already that likes metal and rock was already pissed off they weren't playing so now here's your opportunity to watch a full-on two and a half hour set from metallica you know the night before the super bowl yeah and it, and we both watched it yes and it was it was cool yeah know? it was pretty good and uh <clears throat> uh i think even james hetfield mentioned uh the petition and whatnot and how this was probably a better way to do it you get their full show and you've got to think too on the Super Bowl halftimes it's it's all it's all taped yeah and they're just mimicking whatever band is on is just mimicking you know to the uh to the tape uh because you know setting up sound and and instruments and it's such a fast production they don't have a lot of time and so no one wants to see Metallica do that right you know you want the real deal so this was way better of an idea. It was a way better fit for Metallica. They had a new uh, kind of a stage production, uh, different light show, different things going on in the screens. I think a kind of a different looking set, I think. I don't know. Yeah, they uh, had that massive screen that yeah. covered the entire stage. Oh, yeah, the, yeah this gigantic screen. So... So it was a it was a great show. Uh, you know they had it was a pretty cool set list. You know they started off with two Ride the Lightning songs, went to like two Load Air songs, and I think back <laughs> into a Ride the Lightning. And 
it just kind of skipped around and stuff. So uh, it was a, uh, you know, it was, it was a fun show to watch. And uh, like they said, it was a way better, way better idea and a better fit for uh, a band like this. Yeah, there weren't any surprises, were there? To you, at least. No. If you follow the set list. I follow, yeah. I mean, I mean Metallica is my favorite band in the world. I, they're, there's none better in my eyes. Argue that all you want, <laughs> but I've got points on that for days. <laughs> <clears throat> and I and I will I will go to bat for it anytime. Anyways, so I follow this stuff like a madman. I follow all their set lists and what they're doing. And I, it was pretty standard, so you know, I you got a lot of a lot of black album stuff. You got one, what was it, two master puppets? Uh, so you know, uh, we got a whiskey in the jar. We got a kill 'em all song. So I mean, it was pretty varied. It was pretty heavy on Ride the Lightning and the black album, though. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So it's still it's still up. I think you can watch it on YouTube. I think they've still got it on a few different sites. So if you're a rabid fan like I am and you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's awesome. Yeah, and for if you don't follow closely, Metallica never does the same set list really. Yeah. I mean, they might here and there, but it's they change it up every night, you know, and it's you know, there's a lot of the same songs in there, but there's always, you know, a good third or half the set that, you know, gets rotated in and out. Oh, definitely. I just love that a band that big does that because a lot of bands, you know, I mean, you've got certain people that do Bruce Springsteen, Pearl Jam, whoever, but like a lot of bands still that big just work out their set list and perform it for a year straight, you know? Exactly. And this band doesn't do that. Um, I think that what kind of what they always start and stop with is usually the same. Starting and end with is usually the same. But they always they always mix it up, and it's different from night to night. And that that I guess that keeps them on their toes. And and you know that's one of the th- one thing I'd like to say about Metallica is you know love them or hate them. I love the old stuff. I don't hate them. You know, or, you know, if you hate the new stuff and you love the old stuff or whatever, Lars sucks, whatever, <clears throat> that's fine. But, I mean, you can't deny they're just one of the coolest live bands and they always sound great. Yeah. And that's just, and, and that's that's kind of one of the most important things. And going back to what you mentioned about the Super Bowl halftime, you know, and it being pre-recorded lip synced and lip played, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um did you see the Carlos Santana? Yes, I saw that. I saw thing. that. Like he he posted a thing Monday or Tuesday after the Super Bowl and basically you know, because he was on what there was like an and there was some kind of segue to something where he was playing. Yeah. And you know, he started it saying thank you for having me as part of the Super Bowl, but it would have been really cool if you had, had area artists and then he mentioned metallica and journey and steve miller and i think someone else himself you know as part of the the halftime celebration and he even mentioned artists playing live real artists playing real music (laughs) yeah which is cool to see someone at that level that that is that respected across all boards you know say something like that because you know it's not going to happen but at least someone's saying it yeah called them out yeah Exactly, because what they're doing now is just it's it's just homogenized crap, 
And I don't know if maybe that's what it should be, you know, right. if it's something on a big stage like that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we're just, you know, rock and metal fans with red ass about it. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, well, it was good that it was good that they got called out on some of that shit. Yeah. I mean, every year you see people complaining, you know, I yeah. can't believe that this band's at the halftime or I can't believe that they never have, you know, heavy metal or hard rock or yeah. whatever, you know. They're not in touch with what football fans like and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, most football fans like hard rock or probably rap. Yeah. You know, or maybe country. <laughs> and those things aren't ever on halftime. They're never, Why? Yeah, because exactly. they're not trying to get you to watch the halftime. You're already watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're trying to get your girlfriend, your mother, and your gay friend to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> so they don't care. That you're not watching. That's right. That, you know, that you're pissed off is what I meant. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yep. 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 The, the, the feminine contingent. Yeah. <laughs> well, enough of that. Yeah. Enough Metallica, okay? No, there's never enough Metallica. <laughs> I could talk about them for two hours. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, they did. One more thing Kirk did mention during the thing, a new album coming, I think at the end of the show maybe. Yeah. You know, which we already knew, but yeah, he said it in a live setting. Yeah, so it's good, good to hear, you know, yeah. good to hear it kind of, you know, affirms things, you know. Yep. All right, well, let's get into this right now, episode 43. this thing off with some music and the band we are going to play is out of Italy and they are called Kerosene and just jump right into this thing the song is called Lie <laughs> In your fucking cell, you 
that was called Lie from Kerosene, straight out of Italy. And one thing we know about Italy is their woman is be their women are beautiful, and their music is badass. Right? We, we I think just, so. We, we can, just confirmed that. We can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, just this song. You know, this this band has an EP out that just came out in January. All the songs, you know, heavy hitters and. They kick ass. They've got a cover of U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday, which is really cool because it's a little different. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, they, they, they made it their yeah. own. They didn't just uh, phone it in, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, you imagine when you hear that what it's going to sound like in your head, but it doesn't sound like that. They slowed it down a little, Yeah, and it's heavy, but it's it's not even as, you know... The tempo is not even as fast as U2's version. Yeah, and which it's you can you you can tell what song it is. Oh yeah, they're not completely raping it at all. So it's uh you know, and it's, it's always cool time. when people make it their own that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh this song lie, you know, it's got that real modern metal sound to it, like you know a like Seven Dust Disturbed Tremonti style guitar work. You know. Yeah, yeah, I got that vibe big time. But when the vocals the, the vocals kick in, that's what just really puts this over the top for me. This guy's voice is just just kicks ass. It just reminds me so much of so many singers that I love. Like it reminds me of that guy from UPO, which most people don't even know. And it reminds me of Ian Astbury. It reminds me of early Chris Cornell. You know, just all this and it even reminds me of like Oni Logan from Lynch Mob at times. And then when this song gets into, when it gets into its chorus, it even has like an old school kind of Dio vibe in it at times to me. But then it goes right back into that, you know, that hard hitting punch, you know, that you expect. You know. So what do, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? It's, it's funny that you say some of that stuff. I was listening to this earlier today and I'm like, that guy sounds like somebody. What, who, who does he, he's got, he's like a unique voice. It's something you don't hear a lot, but. At the same time, like that, that kind of harkens back to something. And then when you said UPO, it just it just clicked. I'm like, that's right, and uh, it definitely has that sound. Uh, and, and the 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 riffs, the music is just crystal clear. It's slick as hell. Uh, I could see, I could see this catching on big time around here. Uh, you know, in this in in the states, uh, you know, a band like this would kill it, Rocklahoma or rock on the range or something yeah uh, so you know like i said just a matter of time if they just keep uh if they keep at it uh, you know th this stuff is just perfect for america yeah check out their ep and find them online their their website's kerosenemetal.com and you can find all their social media there they're obviously on everything facebook and twitter and youtube follow them like them check out their music Support these guys because I'm sure if you're you're listening to us, you're probably gonna dig this. You know, oh yeah, and dig yeah. the rest of it and do check out that Sunday Bloody Sunday cover because it's cool. Well, we just found out recently that Lamb of God announced the next leg of their tour off their <laughs> current album that they're on. Yep, and boy, are we gonna get lucky. <laughs> yeah, you thought Anthrax was badass. Yeah, which, you know we actually you know Anthrax is one of our favorite bands, but. This goes from just Lamb of God with Anthrax to Lamb of God with Clutch and Corrosion of Conformity, which is just, just, 
I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's there's no words, right? That's astronomical, why right? <laughs> Corrosion of conformity with Pepper Keenan back, right? So I mean, it's just I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw it at first. I just, <laughs> it, it took me a minute to register. I mean that that's just an insane bill. I mean, it's just every every. I mean, you got to get there early. Every single band is just like holy shit, and uh, and <clears throat> it's just I, and and then there it's coming to Tulsa. It's like <laughs> holy shit. Let's see how speechless I am. That's what it. I, I just couldn't. Uh, now we got to go to this one. We you know we we kind of fell asleep on the Oklahoma City one for whatever reason. Stuff happened. We didn't get to go to that one. We got to get to this one. Oh yeah, we will and. When COC, you know, got back with Pepper this past year, I, you know, that one of my things was I'm going to see this band live. Yeah. You know, I've seen, we saw them, you know, a few times, but it's been years now. They've been in the area like Texas, Missouri, two or three times now over the past six months, eight months, where it just didn't work out for me. Yeah. Or I couldn't go. So I just kept thinking this is just going to keep not happening. But, and then this happens right here in yep. our town. Yeah. And sure, you know, it's kind of, you know, the only downfall is it's COC going to play for 30 minutes, maybe 40 if they're lucky. But, you know, you can accept that since Clutch is going on after them. That's right. And, and then Lamb of God's going on after them. And you don't have to drive too far for it. Right. So it, <laughs> it, it all works out. And see, the other thing is we've seen all these bands multiple times. We know they're all great. You can't go on a stage after COC unless you're Clutch, you know? That's right. And you can't go on a stage after Clutch unless you're Lamb of God, so this actually works out. Because most bands that would try to go on tour and say, let's bring Clutch and COC with us, are going to look fucking stupid when they get on stage. <laughs> because they're you know, they're going to be blown away. Yeah, yeah. But Lamb of God, obviously, is a band that can get on stage and, you know, hold their own for sure. That's right. <laughs> and they're not worried about that kind of stuff. Right. They just want a good bill, you know? Yeah. And this is the true definition of a good bill. This is a great bill. This is a stupendously astronomical (laughs) bill. And we will fucking be there. Yeah. And if you do not know, Clutch's album that came out last year, Psychic Warfare, is kick-ass. Lamb of God's album that came out last year, Seven Something Something Something, (laughs) is badass. And Sturmer, is it Sturmer and Dringer? There you go. (laughs) That'll work. Yeah. And then... I'm going to let you just go with that. I'm not even going to correct you. <laughs> and then Corrosion and Conformity is working on a new album. And it's supposed to be out sometime this year. So that's definitely one of the, the thing I'm looking forward to most this year as far as new music. So can't wait to hear what that's going to sound like. Well, more new music is... Yes. Ace Freely. Which, yeah, he just that, came out with a new album like a year ago. And he's I, already back at yeah. it again. And I listened to it, and it was, you know, it's typical Ace Freely. It didn't blow me out the door, but it was cool. It's fun fun to listen to. And this new album is a covers album, and he's calling it, uh, crap, I should Origins Volume 1. There you go. I knew it was something Volume 1. Well, it's Origins because he's, most of the covers are all stuff that influenced him. Yeah. You know, the stuff like um, Eric Clapton, Cream, Thin Lizzy, The Beatles, Free... Free, yeah. All that kind of stuff. And this just got announced, and there's a song up where you can stream and listen to White Room, which is the Cream classic song. Yes. 
you listened to this, right? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, I did as well. So let's hear what you think. I, I liked it. Uh, it was uh, pretty pretty rocked up. It wasn't like heavy, but it was you know a lot more in your face, real electric, real hot. Yeah. Uh, so it you know, it just uh, grabbed you from the minute you hit play. Uh, his vocals are good. I think his drummer Scott Coogan, so his name helps him out a little bit. So uh, you know, uh, with the vocals, I think they kind of trade off. And it's if this is any indication, it's going to be a great album. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> it, once again, I mean, it's not going to be bad because <laughs> you know this guy knows what he's doing. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it for sure. Yeah, Cream's the type of band you're not going to cover unless you're going to be able to do it some kind of justice. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, it's a little bit heavier, but it's not intense or anything. And it's the vocals are kind of uh, have a little bit of a distortion to them, I think, don't they? Or is that just me? Oh, I don't know. They just sounded a little... I'll we'll have to give that another listen. It just sounded like there's some kind of effect on them. I don't know. But, well, what it probably was is did you, did you, did you hear it from... The Rolling Stone article, the link. Yeah. Well, see, that's what it is. If it comes from Rolling Stone, it's already tainted anyways. <laughs> right. Just because uh, that's a piece of shit magazine that knows nothing about rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, Ace Freely, uh, and they should be privileged. They freely let them feature him. <laughs> they should be humbled. Right. So, and, you know, in... in in typical Rolling Stone fashion, they fucked up something good, so it had to be their fault. Yeah, we'll just lay the blame on them. Well, yeah, obviously. Why wouldn't you? I well, wouldn't. I wouldn't even use that stuff for toilet paper. <laughs> well, the other thing of note on this album is that Paul Stanley's on a track with him. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. John Five is on there too. But yeah, no, yeah. no Paul Stanley. Sorry. Well, yeah, like John Five slash um, yeah. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. That's right. A few other people just. Obviously, as Ace Freely, he could just like call someone and yeah. say, "Come over, and we're going to do it." Yeah, they're because, not going to. They're not going to say no. Yeah, I mean, he influenced practically everybody you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, who's listening, he influenced them. Yeah, and you, yeah. and you, exactly. <laughs> well, Paul Stanley, with you know, recording with him was this is the first time I think it said in eighteen years, which would have been would that have been Psycho Circus? Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess probably. They're doing that free song. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool to see. And, you know, it'll be good. Paul Stanley's good. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't care what people say. <laughs> so that's definitely one to look forward to this year. I think it's supposed to be out in a couple months. Well, another another album that's coming out this year is the new album from The Dead Daisies. Ah, uh, you're, you're looking yeah. forward to this one, I know. Yeah, we've talked about them a few times on different episodes, one of which was our Best of 2015 you can go back and check out. Did that at the end of the year. And Dead Daisies was on the list with an album last year. And they're already back working on a new one. And we I'm surprised we forgot to mention this the last couple episodes. But, you know, recent news was Richard Fortas, who's been the guitarist, I think, since the beginning. Yeah. Him and Dizzy Reed both left, you know, because they're working on another, quote, project. Which, which we know what that is. Right. Guns and, and Roses. Yes. So, and Dead Daisies, of course, are going to go on in this meantime. And they've brought in Doug Aldrich. Yeah. Doug Aldrich, however you say it. Um, which, to me, it's just, it's another one of those things, kind of like we just talked about that that tour lineup. 
Yeah. It's kind of mind blowing because you've yeah, got I mean it's you've got him with Brian Titchy and John Karabi. I know. I mean what uh <laughs> which is just three of the greatest dudes in my in my world of rock. Oh, mine's <laughs> will be blown, Trent. Right. So yeah, I mean I can't you know, because they, they had this this real, you know, seventies rock sound to them. Just kind of but heavier, you know, just this amped up seventies rock sound and so it's kind of interesting to see what he brings to the mix. Yeah. Because his guitar style is a lot different than Richard Fortas's. Is. So it'd just be interesting to see if he plays into what they're already doing or if he brings a new element to it. I don't know. He might. He might. You never know. I mean, he is a uh, he's a virtuoso. So, I mean, this can only make the band better. Not that it wasn't better before, but right. just saying. Yeah, and they're, I think the album, it's probably still a ways out and they're working on it. I think it said later this year. So yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. This is a band that is another one of super groups that hopefully more people start checking out. I mean, they've been on a lot of good stuff. They've yeah. been on these cruises. They've opened for kiss and Aerosmith and white snake. Yeah. And I think, uh, they've got a pretty good following down in South America too, right? Yeah, it's true. They go down there and just slay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? We want to play another song, right? I think so. Let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to play a band out of Oklahoma. Actually, out of is it Steelwell, Oklahoma, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. They're called Red Witch Johnny. And the song we're going to play for you is called Rock and Roll Queen.
from Red Witch Johnny out of Stillwell, Oklahoma. That was badass. Yes. Just, that's just another one of those things you don't really need to say much other than that was badass. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I just love that it's, you know, it fucking rocks, but it's kind of like, it's like organic and, and it, you just kind of want to like crack open a beer and just go rock out in the woods kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That sounds dumb, but I don't care. Uh, just trying to give you a, I don't know, it's just a good, uh, raw, natural vibe. Uh, you know, it's just out there, out there for everyone, and uh, just a fun song, and uh, <clears throat> can't wait to see these guys live. Yeah, this is like, the sound of these guitars is just so much like everything I started getting into in the early 90s that wasn't real heavy. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I loved, I was into all the heavy stuff, but the other stuff I was really into was, you know, Aerosmith, Black Crows, Brother Kane, Rolling Stones, yeah, yeah, Guns N' Roses, you know, just all that, you know, that's just this pure rock and roll attitude, you know, where it's almost at times, you know, maybe not on this song, but a couple of these songs have a have a punk punk vibe almost at times. Okay. Just mixed with that, you know, that sound that you can tell these dudes probably like the Stones. <laughs> but they also want to rock heavier, you know? Yeah, that, exactly. That kind of Izzy Stradlin swagger, you know, like, hey, fuck you, you know? <laughs> this is what I'm doing. You know, that's just kind of what it made me think of. And, the, you know, the vocals, they, they weren't what I expected to hear once the song started. Okay. The first time I listened to them. Yeah. And it, I, was, I was like, whoa, that's different, and that's really cool, you know, because it wasn't, I expected someone to be a little more, you know, just screaming or a little more attitude in there. And this was just kind of like a, almost a laid back in a, what you'd hear in like a red dirt country band or something. Yeah. And, and it just works so great, you know, cause it's just, it's, it makes a real original sound. You know? Yeah. And like you said, I'd, I'd love to see this band live. Their whole, they've got an EP out and the whole thing kicks ass. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You guys should definitely go check them out. And they're on Reverb Nation. They're on Spotify. You can listen to the stuff there. You can hit them up on Facebook, Red Witch Johnny. Do yourself a favor. Get into them. <laughs> and I think next up, uh, what else have we got? We'll want to talk about uh, the Lita Ford book coming out. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, Lita Ford's got a book coming out here in uh, March, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And... She's kind of coinciding it with the fact that she's got a new album coming out as well. And she's also going on tour, which is obviously smart. Do all this stuff at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, get a big push promotion-wise. Opening which, for Hailstorm. Yeah. And they're coming here. Yeah, which is killer. You know, Hailstorm's done this, you know, done this now. They did it with Tom Kiefer like a year or two, a couple years ago. They yeah. had him out on a bunch yeah. of dates. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see a band that's, you know, popular these days, you know, taking out, you know, we saw bands do that in the nineties, you know, yeah. we saw cheap trick opening for STP, yeah. you know, just 
Metallica's taken out old school bands. You just see that kind yeah. of stuff. It's cool to see. So glad that she got on a tour like that, and hopefully it. Yeah, I think it'll help her out. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm interested to read this book because you know she's had quite a story, especially the past ten years or so. Uh, you know, with her uh, her divorce and her custody battle, and a lot of it she hasn't been able to talk about, and I guess she is now. Uh, so it's you know going to be real behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to reading about it. Yeah, and she's someone that's been in this business since she was a kid. You yeah. Know? I yeah. mean, not like a teenager. You know, obviously with the Runaways, they were all teenagers out here in the rock world. You know, so I'm sure she's got some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. About. Yeah, <laughs> has to, has to. And, and you know, that kind of, when we when we thought about what we want to talk about today and, and, you know, that this came up, this just kind of made us think about, well, you know, let's just kind of go over some 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 other uh, rock books because that's always, that's something me and you are always interested in and we're always talking about. <clears throat> so, I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to rock and metal books, I mean, what are your, what just, what's the first things that pop up into your head? Well, the dirt is the first thing. I mean, that's that, the granddaddy of it, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the one that if anyone asked me what book they should read, I would probably say that first. Definitely. You know, just because it, I love the, the idea of it, you know, outside of just how crazy the stories were, obviously the idea that like, you know, here's basically an autobiography from four or five, well, more than that, but basically four dudes Mm -hmm. all together in one book, you know, like every chapter, if you haven't read it, every chapter is written by a different member of the band and it just kind of you know they kind of it goes through the timeline that way and just kind of rotates between the guys and then they have you know chapters in there obviously from like john karabi and pamela anderson and other people that were involved yeah managers and all that bullshit yeah but it's just so over the top and you know so obviously when the heroin diaries came out i got that instantly (laughs) and that you know that thing is an amazing read as well but it's like you know so many people have this theory that it's complete bullshit. Really? You know, there's just a lot of people think it's completely made up, which it could be because, I mean, how could you write this detail of diaries when you're that fucked up? Yeah. You know? Because, have you read that? No, I haven't. Because, like, hey, if you're a Motley fan or if you're a Nikki Six fan, yeah. well, fuck, he can do whatever he wants. Oh, he yeah. wrote it. I mean, I'm Either not, way, he wrote it, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking the thing <laughs> at all. I mean, it's crazy stuff as well, and it's definitely one of the things I would recommend to anyone to read but it's you know it's it is you know kind of makes you wonder how true a lot of <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah you never know you never know but you know after that well if you want to stay on the subject of crew i've also read tommy's book really and that's that was probably what about three pages long <laughs> i think he only knows about 15 words right right okay <laughs> No, it is shorter than a normal book. You're right. See, I fucking call it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it's a good read as well. It's not nearly as good as The Dirt or, or Nikki's book. Okay. But it's, once again, it's just a, you know, good read, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's yeah. not, it wasn't as memorable, I guess, even though it was good. And then I've got Vince's book just because I buy these things. Yeah. And I haven't read that, but my girlfriend has, and she said it was kind of annoying. 
Really? She said it was a lot of whiny. I was about to say, it was probably a lot of bitching. Wasn't yeah, it? it was yeah. a lot of bitching and whiny, woe is me stuff. Yeah. When really the only thing, woe is me, he has is his daughter. You know, outside of that, fuck him. You know, he can't, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But, okay, before I keep rambling, I've got a couple other ones, but <laughs> what's the top of your list? Oh, for me, just the first, the first ones that come up. For me, well, the dirt, you know, for reasons we already discussed. Um, I really, really enjoyed Glenn Hughes' book. Yeah. That guy's done and seen it all. Uh, and he, you know, great stories of, you know, addiction, redemption, all that stuff. Uh, I'm the Man by Scott Ian. thought it was great. Um, I loved uh, Dave Elfson's book, one from Megadeth. Butch Walker's book, I think, yeah. was really good. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that, that one that one was really cool because that guy has done everything from being in a hair metal band to, you know, writing songs for Pink yeah. and everything in between. So there's just some great stories, no matter what you like, in that book. Yeah, that's a great, a great read straight through. You oh, know, even yeah. If, even if you don't know his music, just his story yeah. is just cool as hell because, I mean, he's been through it all. And, the and, highs, the lows, everything. And that, and that's the thing is that a lot of these books, even if you don't really know, uh, <clears throat> they're great. They're great reads. They're great stories. Yeah. No matter what. Um, just to to round it out, uh, I thought, um, God, what was the one I was trying to think about? Um, oh, Mustaine's book was really cool. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. But uh, if you want. If you want just total laughs, read Zach Wilde's book. I yeah. can't even remember what it was called right off the top of my head. Bring, oh, Bringing Metal to the Children. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, there's, it's a little biographical, you know, it, it touches on a lot, on a lot of that, excuse me. But it really, it's just stories from all the shit he's been through over the years, and it's done, you know, in his way, so it's just funny as hell. I remember at work, you know, on break or something, I'd be reading it and just bust out laughing. People like, what the hell's so funny? <laughs> and I tried to explain to them, but they just, I just, if, yeah, if you want to laugh, read Zach Wilde's book. That's definitely a, that's definitely a highlight for sure. Yeah, I think, uh, at the, another one at the top of my list is Slash's book. And it's, you so know, I have that. I just never, I haven't read it yet. Oh, man. It's just, it was cool, you know, being, with that being my favorite band, you know, to, there was a lot of stuff in there I found out that I didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, it confirmed everything I always believed, which was, Izzy Stradlin's a badass, and <laughs> he's, in my opinion, the reason Appetite for Destruction is the most amazing hard rock album ever recorded. Yeah. And, because Slash said in that book that, you know... That when they recorded Appetite for Destruction, every single Izzy Stradlin part on Appetite for Destruction is his first take. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah, it is. It and is. He said he actually, you know, he recorded, most of them he recorded three or four takes, but every single one of them they just used the first take. Really? And even ones when he said, no, let me redo that, they still used the first take because yeah. it was the best one. That's crazy. Which there's, you know, you can't say that about pretty much anything, especially no. records at that level. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's why that's why that record was so badass. Yeah. It was just, you know, first run, raw shit. I mean, and 
it's just little things like that that add up and make it so memorable. Yeah. When speaking of GNR, I have both of Duff's books and I have Stephen Adler's book, but I have not read any of them. I have Adler's <laughs> book, yes, I haven't read it. But yeah, yeah. And you mentioned earlier Mustang, which I would like to throw in. We got that when it came out and we went to the Dave Mustaine book signing. That's right. And, and I was a blubbering fucking <laughs> jumble-mouthed fanboy. But the best part was yours might be the most unique because he... Yes. He signed it twice. Like he was looking up talking and he started to sign it again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't know. Or, I don't know what it was. I I, th- I think I said something stupid like, in, you know, looking forward to the show tonight or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course I am, you know. Anyways, uh, I don't know. Or something or something happened and he was looking at somebody else, but he made the anarchy sign and then signed it and then started to make the anarchy sign again. And he went, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I already did that. And so I have, and, like, he shook my hand and apologized again. I was like, you don't have to apologize. You could you could write whatever the fuck you want in this book. You're Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <clears throat> so I have, so my autograph is Dave Mustaine with an anarchy sign and, like, another half of an anarchy sign. It's <laughs> pretty unique. Pretty unique. Yeah. Another one I went to a book signing for and bought was D. Snyder's. Which is very cool. Met him and got that oh, book signed. Really? I never even knew that. What? When, when was this? A couple couple years ago now when the book came out. Where at? In Norman. Like I drove down there by myself because no one would go with me. You? Where was I? <laughs> I don't Did know. you ask me? I think I asked. I know I asked you and Tracy and whoever. What the I went, fuck? I went down there and uh, Trevor was there. But, you know, he was in line way ahead of me. But really? You know, it was cool. You know, he you went up, he signed a book, and he'd sign whatever else you brought. You know, talk to you, shake your hand, take a picture. What was he nice guy? Oh yeah, he was cool as hell. Like I took besides the book, I I printed off some pictures that I had took of him at the first Rocklahoma. Okay. Or no, actually, I think it was the the second one because it was with the snow. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, I sh- you know I handed it to him to sign. He's like, man, where's He's like, he's like, where the hell was this at? I was like, this was Rock Loma. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I should have known that because he said I could tell him sweating balls because you know his <laughs> his hair was all wet in the picture, you know. And you know, what I mean, yeah, he was cool as hell. But I still haven't read read his book either. You're an ass. I know. Well, so, where do you have the picture? Yeah. Fuck, I gotta see this. Jesus. I'll show it to you once we're done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, is there? Uh, can you? Are there any books that you've read that? That you didn't care for, or that bored you? Mm. Ah, I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I've I got don't one. Think so. What is it? See, here's my. Th- I will buy it when it can. You know. See, I like to read, but I only. It's weird. The only thing I like to read is autobiographies. Whether it's like we're talking about rock, yeah, or whether it's sports or, you know, actors or whoever. I just love autobiographies, but yeah. I don't care about anything else for the most part. <laughs> So anything that sounds interesting to me, I'll get it. So I got Stacy Blades autobiography. <laughs> Stacy Blades. Yeah, and it's called Confessions of a Replacement Rock Star. Oh my god! You know he was in like, who was he even? I can't remember. Who was in L.A. Guns and uh, Pretty Boy Floyd? I think I can't remember for sure. Wow. It wasn't bad. It was just extremely boring. So I like. I didn't even get. I stopped I was about like to say, halfway did you finish through. Finish it. No. Oh, okay. I, you can find it on my bookshelf, and it's still got a bookmark like halfway through. <laughs> That's awesome. 
But I've also got like Mark Evans from ACDC. Really? He was like the original bass player. I've got his book. I've got Sean. I'm going to butcher her last name from White Zombie. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sean from White Zombie. She's got a book called I'm in the Band because she said back then she used to always get shit and like they wouldn't let her backstage half the time. Yeah. <laughs> because she was. they thought she was just some chick trying to get backstage. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, that reminds me as far as... Um, as far as things I never finished, the, you remember that book, uh, Lords of Chaos? That sounds uh, weird. Something I can't. It was, this, it was this long title, the something something of the Norwegian satanic metal underground. Oh yeah, about all the black metal bands in the early nineties burning the churches in Norway. Yeah, <clears throat> that was an intense read. It, look it up. Uh, my father in law even borrowed it he saw it on my bookshelf and he's like what's this i explained it to him and he was like wow this is really crazy i want to read this i said well i've had it for 15 years take it (laughs) and you know because you know i'm the most he ever gets into is like sammy hagar and a lot of blue stuff but he still wanted to read this and he he liked it because it's just intense and it's crazy and these bands killing each other and burning churches and <laughs> just uh, Lords of Chaos. That's And it was so intense and it was so descriptive and it was so long, I just eventually gave up on it. But I got a lo- I got through a lot of it, and it's crazy. So, yeah, look that one up, too. <laughs> yeah, the, there's another book like uh, that I've been wanting to get forever, and I finally got it like a few months ago, even though I still hadn't read it, obviously, but... I bought it because I saw it at Half Price Books. Yeah. And it was Ian Christie's book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'm already drawing a blank on what the, it's called. Isn't it like the roots of... Yes, like the roots of metal or yes. something. But just because when you hear that guy on Sirius, yeah. you know, the guy knows so much, it's yeah, insane. He, yeah, he knows He knows his shit. So that's definitely one, I think. You know, and that's a thick-ass book as well. <laughs> but speaking of books like that, also one you didn't mention, or two you didn't mention, was Eddie Trunk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the hell is I thinking? (laughs) Holy shit. Obviously, those aren't autobiographies, but they're... Yeah, I think that's what happened. We were thinking more of, like, things by band guys. But, uh, yeah, Eddie Trunk's uh, Essential Hard Rock and Heavy Metal, Volume 1 and 2. If you don't have those, holy shit, you need to go get them now. I mean, if there's any band you're wondering about or... I mean, I don't know, if you're just or if you're new to it or something, go get these books because they're great. Yeah, and they're just him, like, talking about, like, every chapter is just about a different band. Mm-hmm. And it's just him talking about it. And it's Stories, yeah. of, you know, his personal encounters with him, all his dealings, just some cool pictures. Yeah, that those are some books you definitely need to get for sure. I just got. I just thought of another one that I read that was badass, and this has been like ten years probably since I read it. But Lobotomy by Didi Ramone. Oh yeah, fuck! That was a crazy one, dude. Yeah, that guy's nuts. That's high up on the list of things I would recommend to people to read. Yeah, how did we forget that? Right. Yeah, Didi Ramone from the Ramones. It's just yeah that that was another one I thought well this might be interesting but it was literally one of the better books I've ever read. Yeah. And yeah. so first, first, the first story that pops up in my head from that book, he's in London in some club with Sid Vicious. 
some shithole club, and they're in the bathroom, and they don't have anything to mix with their heroin to put it in the needle. So they get some water from the nasty, dirty-ass toilet. Right. I'm not kidding you. That fucked me up. Right. (laughs) Well, you mentioned Sammy Hagar. (laughs) Have you read his book? No, I haven't. I got that, and I started it, but like a lot of things, I keep forgetting to go back and finish it. Yeah. It's good as well, and I even wrote down a few here that I've got that I have not read. Really? Like, I've got Steven Tyler's and Joey Kramer's from Aerosmith. Oh, wow. I've got... um, Two from Rat, Stephen Piercy, and Bobby Blotzer. Yeah. Haven't read those. Wow, that those would be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure those two books are just them bitching about bitching each, other. each other. and they're <laughs> wildly different. Right. And then I've got um, Rex Brown's book. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I yeah. wanted to get that. And Keith Richards, Pete Townsend, Tony Iommi, Brian Johnson. I've got, See, all these I've got the Iomi book. I saw. Yeah. I yeah. I think I tried to start it. I had the Lemmy book. I never started it. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just uh, one of those things. Yeah, and another one that's kind of a little bit away from rock, but it gets into it later is Chris Jericho's books. Yeah. Like obviously the first oh, one's yeah. just about wrestling, but it talks about his life and how much he loved heavy metal growing up and mm-hmm. everything. And when you get into the second and especially the third book, it's got a lot of stuff about Fozzie, what he does now you know. which is Fozzie you know yeah so that's cool those are definitely worth reading if you're into Jericho at all cool cool okay well, and then so is there anyone that you would love to read a book from that doesn't have a book um god you have to put me on the spot I think <laughs> about this shit at random all day um oh yeah uh any of the guys from Metallica right I mean there's been Obviously, there's been books like you know the 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 book that was like a companion of the movie, some kind of monster or whatever. And there's been like unauthorized stuff, but like something that was by them, I, I would I would like to read. Um, so, you know, that's that's probably you know the top. You know, I, I would uh, you know I think if um, I would like to read that Peter Steele book. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that exists. I just haven't read it yet. But that was just a biography, right? Yeah. Obviously, he didn't write that. No, me. yeah. I, I would. I think it would be interesting if and when Mina Caputo ever wrote a book. Oh yeah. I, I would read that definitely. So yeah, something like that. But yeah, mainly number one, I think if uh, if James Hetfield ever wrote a book, I would be there. You know, first thing the day it came out to get it for sure. Yeah. And I probably have it already done by that night. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Mine would probably be, obviously, Izzy Stradlin. Yeah. Would be cool to hear from because he's a guy that you don't really hear stuff from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know he's probably got a lot of, you know, crazy stuff he could tell you. Yeah. But I seriously doubt that ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No kidding. I think... This is a controversial subject at the moment, but I think a book from Phil Anselmo would be good. Yes, it would. It and would. even on to parlay off that would be Rob Flynn. Because everything yep. Rob Flynn writes, if you've never read his blog, you know, is just great. You know, yeah. he's, he's a great writer, great great stuff to read. You know, it's always interesting. Yeah. And he doesn't hold back on anything, obviously, like the Phil thing. Oh, but no. I mean, no. Even way before that. <laughs> yeah. And if Phil wrote a book... uh 
Vernon Reed could do the forward. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Which I'm not trying to be a dick. This brings <laughs> up a valid point I brought up to you. Right. Uh, when all this shit went down. And I would like, I would be interested to hear what somebody from the band Living Color has to think about this. Because if, you know, what was it, last year, the year before, uh, in the festival season, it seemed like Down and Living Color were on every fucking festival. And you could go to either one's social media, and they were all hanging with each other, getting on stage, jamming with each other, and, you know, being cool and being bros. And so I just, and, you know, and, and not, not a race thing at all, but just those two bands sound so much. I mean, they're worlds apart. Right. And uh, so I just thought that was really cool. And so I, but now seeing what's happened, I would like to uh, see what those guys have to say about it. But I don't know. We may never hear that at all, but I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. That's that's the the beauty of podcasting. We get off on all these tangents. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I know there's probably a million more people that we could throw out that we would love to hear oh. or read stuff from. Yeah. Like, yep. I know that there was actually two or three years ago there was something said that John Karabi was writing a book, but that'd be a good one. Haven't heard anything about that since. Yeah. I think Mick Mars writing a full book would be pretty cool and interesting, but. And that's something that could happen too. But yeah, that that would be really good. That that would be probably the only one that made any fucking sense, <laughs> right? You know, is that does that cover the books? Do you got anything else you want I, to throw in? No, I think we got it on that one. Well, moving along, another thing of of note was uh, I've I think I mentioned this to you over the last couple of years. I've been thinking now that these festivals are such a big thing all over the place. Yeah. In America now, besides just like they've always been across the world. Well, uh, I've been thinking they, they've got to do Woodstock for the 50th anniversary because they did it for the 25th anniversary and then the 30th anniversary. Yeah. And then obviously after the 30th one, the way it ended. The shitstorm. Yeah. That, you know, they stopped doing it, but I kept thinking they're probably going to bring this back. And then sure enough, recently this news broke that they're talking you know, are in the works of putting together Woodstock 50 for 2019. Yeah. And then talks of doing stuff more in the future and in other countries as well, I guess, with the Woodstock brand. I don't know. Yeah. But, what I mean, what you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, is there a Woodstock brand? I mean, that thing, is, it's been kind of dormant for so long. Yeah. I guess it would just take someone to just revive yeah. the whole thing. I mean, it's like the most iconic, one of the yeah. most iconic names when you think of that. Oh, true. And they've got that logo. They can just slap on stuff, right? And then, yeah, <laughs> bam. I think that it makes sense because, just like we were saying earlier, you know, um, it's a different climate now. People are used to festivals. People know how to act at them. People are used to paying a lot of money for, you know, they're, they're used to paying seven bucks for a bottle of water or whatever. You know, some stupid shit like that. So, I mean, it would work. It would work nowadays, I think. And uh, it would be one of those deals where they would have just... It would run the gamut of bands and artists. They would have stuff that is completely out of our wheelhouse, and they probably would have great bands that we could talk about all day. Because you know they're going to make it a multi-day event and all that. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think with with the way festivals are today in, in America and overseas, it, it could be pulled off and it probably wouldn't be, it, you know, there wouldn't be, uh, you know, pillaging and fires and shit like the last one, you right. know. It's just as long as they didn't get Limp Biscuit to play, I guess. <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, I imagine, that, yeah, the lineup would probably be like Bill Street lineups. Yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of like what you said, where it's it's got the rock and the metal, then it's got blues and country, and then it's got rap, and it's got alternative stuff and whatever. You know, it works. Because that's what they did basically, what, in 94? You know, you mm-hmm. had all the hot rock music. Yes. You know, you even had stuff like Jackal was there. And, yeah. You know, and then you had you know, rap and everything else. So, I mean, but, you know, Woodstock itself was a rock music festival. Yes, yes, it was. But it, it was that, you know, obviously that time's rock music. But, you know, today that stuff, that word's so bastardized that that can mean anything. That, oh, that can mean that, you know, Ludacris is going to be up there, which, well, yeah. that's a bad example because he's one of the few good ones, but... yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, they could have some 19-year-old shitlick up there with his laptop. <laughs> there you go. And pass it off as a rock. Yeah. You never know these days. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I mean, if when we get close to that time that lineup comes out, that's something I might seriously consider just for the, you know, the sheer fact the, of being able to say that I finally went to Woodstock. The, you know? the history of it, the epicness yeah. of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, speaking of American festivals, there's this new one called Chicago Open Air. Yeah. Which, when they first announced it, you know, we were both kind of excited because they had that word open air on there. Yeah, which... Which lends you to believe that it's going to be like the European metal festivals. That's the buzzword, isn't it? Yeah, like Vakken and uh, Hellfest and all that stuff because they always have open air attached to it. You know. Bloodstock and whatnot, yeah. But... The, well, in the first, the only band they've announced is Romstein. Yeah. So that let, that right there leads you to believe maybe it could be. But mm-hmm. then they've dropped a lot of hints for other bands, and they're all the same bands that are on all these other American festivals. Yeah. Well, it's the yeah. same guys doing it, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. the same guy that, that runs Rock on the Range and partners with AEG or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it's all the, you know, Corn, Disturbed, Marilyn Manson, Alice in Chains. Slipknot. Slipknot. Whatever, yeah. Five finger nutsack, all that stuff, (laughs) which isn't bad. Well, no, some of them are good, some of them aren't. But you know, it's just I thought I had high hopes that well, maybe this one will be a little different. Yeah, but maybe you know, maybe it will. It's three days. Maybe they'll have those bands and Rom signing and a bunch of. Maybe the lower part will be totally. You know, maybe there'll be Amon Amarth and Testament. That would be amazing. (laughs) That would be awesome. Just as long as it's not in Douglas Park. Which is where we saw Riot Fest. <laughs> and it was a mud pit. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. One more thing before we wrap this up. Okay. I just thought of another book. Oh, okay. That I didn't have written down. Bring it on back. The Shannon Hoon book. Oh, yeah? Okay. okay. This came out, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Obviously, way after he died. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about this book is, even though it's a biography, it's written like the dirt. Really? Where every chapter is one of the band members or oh, his, okay. you know, his wife, yeah. or she, his wife or girlfriend, and or, you know, I think maybe even his mom. Just like anyone had anything to do with anything. Really? Involved with Blind Melon or involved with him. You know, there would be chapters written from him and then there would be like, you know, quotes pulled that he had, you know, said in interviews or whatever. Gotcha. 
So, you know, it was a kind of a unique way to write a biography where it wasn't just a standard. Yeah. Some guy wrote some unauthorized biography. <laughs> it's yeah. all told, you know, by the people that knew him. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, that's the the next best thing. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, it's a really, you know, another really cool read because obviously he was a very unique person. So that was yeah. kind of a, that's another one I would recommend. There you go. Okay. All right. Go check it out. Yeah. And while you're checking that out, check out thethunderunderground.com. <laughs> it's got all our social media links, all our previous podcasts, which, which recently included an interview with the guys from Delacoma, an interview with Ian Hogland from Europe, yes, an interview with a couple of guys from Grind. All these you need to check out because they're all very cool people and very cool bands. And very great episodes. Yes. And all that's on soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. And you can find all our previous 42 episodes on there, which includes everything from Crowbar to Battlecross to Warrant to Miss May I, Frank Hannon Band, Scattered Hamlet, um, Insight, Sons of Texas, yeah. uh, Driver, Severmind. Oh, man. The list goes on and on. It goes on and on. Yeah. We're on Facebook at The Thunder Underground. We're on YouTube at The Thunder Underground. On Instagram at The Thunder Underground. And we're on Twitter at T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. Check out, like we said earlier, Red Witch Johnny and Kerosene. Yep. You know, uh, well, 43, we're coming up on 50. Yeah. Well, are we going to do anything special? Yeah, it's the silver anniversary. Is that what that well, 50 what, is? What are we going to do? Um... We're going to have James Hetfield on the podcast. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well. Um, uh, That's just good, a good 50 good filler. luck. Good luck on trying to make that happen. That's a good 50 filler. The 100 mark will be Pepper Keenan. It'll be Trump. And, oh, okay. Well, Trump, James Hetfield was something cool. No, I don't want Trump on anything that it has to do with me. No, I'm saying oh, okay. the word Trump. The, the word Trump, okay. Yeah. Like Which he the, fucked up that word Trump. The verb, right? You know? That was a legit word, and he fucked that word up because that's his last name. <laughs> anyways, anyways, here his, we go. His daughter we, could do something. To, anyway, we got to go. I was about to say something bad or I'm, something perverted. I'm so. sure you were. I'm sure you were. All right. Yeah, we we've run out. We've run the course here. It's time to sign off. All right. And until next time. Mm-hmm.